Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Welcome to 2015's Games of the Decade, and I am your host, Sean Garmer, and well, I don't, the last two were pretty uh, difficult to, to go through, 2015, I don't know if that's, it's just as bad or, or maybe a little better, but either way, lots of great games to discuss for this year. And I'll explain the process in just a little bit, but let me introduce the rest of the cast here. Mr. Mark Morrison is with me. Howdy. Also here, Randy Isbell. Hello. And Jens Dietrich. Hi. All right, so we're at 2015. We're trying to get to 2019 to go through the entire decade. Of course, if you've been a listener of the podcast, you know we did a top 25 for 2019. So maybe 2019 won't do too much, but we're getting to sort of claim our, I guess, for the years that the website didn't exist, we get to claim our game of the year. And also, eventually, we're making a top 100 games of the decade, so this kind of lets us know what were the big games to, to highlight for those years and what really needs to be included and what doesn't in that huge list. But uh, we had a process for these this top 15-ish that we're about to go through, and that was to us four, along with two other people that are now present on the podcast, voted with a your number one being 10 points, your number 10 being one point, and that was all added up into a top 15 for every year, as you've heard us go through for, you know, 2010, 2014, so we're doing the same thing here, and if you're listening right at 2015, well, uh, thank you either way, and you can always go backwards if you want to, or go forward, because we're doing 2016 to 2018 pretty quickly uh, in a few days. So let's begin with what our 2015 list looks like right now before we make any changes. Uh, 2015... Uh, looks like this. Metal Gear Solid 5 is number one. Richard 3, Wild Hunt, number two. Until Dawn, three. Ori in the Blind Forest, four. Super Mario Maker, five. Bloodborne, six. Rocket League, seven. Fallout 4, eight. Zombie Chronicles X, nine. Assassin's Creed Syndicate is also tied for ninth. Rise of the Tomb Raider, 11. Life is Strange is tied for 11th, along with Batman Arkham Knight. And Kerbal Space Program, Tales from the Borderlands. And tied for 15th with Tales of the Borderlands, Talos Principal, and Total War Italia. And just missing out, Undertale and Yakuza 5 at 18th, and Persona 4 Dancing All Night at 20th. So. Attila, as in Attila the Hun. Yeah, Attila, sorry. Either way, um, okay, I feel I like. Make list. <laughs> I get it that not a lot of people, particularly, might have that actually did the vote cared for this game, but to say that it's not important or not huge for its year or hasn't made a difference in how we looked at RPGs or indie games since then Undertale. is absolutely underwriting it because Undertale is hugely important. 
Uh, not to mention, it has actually has taken Toby Fox to another level because now he makes soundtracks for other video games and and other things. You know, um, so yeah, I, I mean, feel, go ahead. I feel both Kerbal Space Program and Undertale need to be on the list because they're hugely significant in the industry. I space. do too. I mean, the fact that. 2K went and bought Kerbal's space program and is making a second one somewhere. Uh, that's a big deal. Or he yeah. bought the developers. They bought the developers there. But I would say we can dump Fallout 4 from the big list. Yes. I agree too. Trash. That's a bad game. Like I, I love Fallout 3. I like Fallout th- uh, New Vegas, but Fallout 4 is a legitimately bad game, I think. Just one of the, the biggest... Story. Yeah, one of my biggest gaming disappointments ever when I first booted it up and was just like, wait a second, this looks, this is just Fallout 3, like running, like, I don't understand what Bethesda was, it's, it's kind of the same thing that I was talking about, like late Telltale games running on PS4, it's like, how can a Fallout game running on PS4 run so poorly and look well, they have so... Well, Fallout 3 on PS3. I, well, I played, I played Fallout 4 on PC, so I didn't, it, I mean, it ran fine. This, my biggest problem with the story itself, like the, like the whole railroad versus brotherhood versus what you know, institute of technology, like that was just a terrible story. Yeah, the story was not as good as three, and then just all the garbage that they layered on top that nobody asked for, like all the the like crafting and building yeah. things and like all that stuff, and they throw it at you like immediately, like before you even get into. The game proper, they don't they don't like gradually ease you into it at all. They're just like, here's a bunch of crap that you don't want to deal with immediately. Like the 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 drop off at that I did not get very far in Fallout Three. Like I hated it pretty much from the start. Fallout four. Okay. Uh sorry, yes, sorry, Fallout Three is great, Fallout Four, garbage. Yeah, I like they, I, Fallout Four did make some good improvements to the system or to like the gameplay, you know, like your your armor and stuff doesn't take durability damage anymore. We're gonna have to repair it. Like, well, that's nice. Is that better though? That's taking away a system. Uh, yeah, it's taking away a really, uh, a really annoying system. Yeah. Or like you can fast travel even when you're encumbered. It's like, hey, that does make nice things a little bit easier. Yeah. But everything else is just terrible. <laughs> Already, you're gonna defend one of the games you were most hyped for. No, I, I'm with you. I was hyped for it. I mean, no, I, I mean, I had the stupid Fallout 4 special edition. Me too. We 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 have the. Yeah. The, the Pip-Boy. Pip-Boy. Uh, I, I will say, Haley loved those additions. Uh, she's more of the Fallout person than I am. Uh, I enjoyed 3, and I like New Vegas a lot. Um, but I, I didn't get into 4. I'm with the ends. I played it for a little bit and, and moved on. And Haley, for a long time, just would keep going back to 4 just to do the the buildings and stuff. Like wow. uh, She would rarely do missions. She has a whole camp that each room has its own stuff, and she has all of her, um, what am I thinking of, the vault armor stuff. Power armor. She, power armor, thank you. She has a whole room where she has all her different ones You should, uh, you should introduce her to a little, little game called Fallout 76, because that's all that there is. <laughs> uh, she played it for a little bit and went back to Fallout 4. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, again, I have no problem with it making the list, or missing the list, excuse me, because I'm like Jens. I was super hyped for that game. And I think everyone Pit was Boy on the shelf and it, it, it didn't deliver. So I was I no very problem. I was so excited to see. And maybe it's my own fault for not, you know, my MO is I don't really look at stuff before it comes out. Like I try not to 
Like I just yeah. I knew it was going to get it, so I didn't look at any of it. And I was shocked when because I thought it was going to be next gen Fallout, and it was not next gen at all. No, I mean I knew it was going to. It looked better than the last game, but it's still you know basically run the same engine. Marginally. I think they snowed people with like, oh, you know, it was better, you know, it's bigger and better and whatever. And it's like, no, like, it's more boring. So you have that going for it, I guess. But like, even the whole premise of you trying to find your son is basically invalidated by like you're, you're this guy from the past and you act like a present day character. And it's like, shouldn't you say like, what, what's this big green guy? Like, your character has like no agency in that world whatsoever. It's like super weird. All right, so if we want Kerbal and Undertale both on the list, what other game do we want to bump? Mm. I, I'd be okay. I mean, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, it's a good Assassin's Creed game. It's got I the mean, territory control stuff. The The combat was really good. It looks pretty. You can tell that it's the Saints Row 3 guy kind of being the lead designer on it because there's a lot of Saints Row 3 in it. I, I, I didn't say Rocket League. <laughs> no, stop it. No, no way. Rocket, Rocket League is really important. Important. very important for. I, I I don't care about importance. I didn't like playing it that much. I loved it. Yeah, game. that's fine. That game say, fun. Say, say I liked it. Don't say oh it's important. Say I enjoyed playing it. Yeah, but all right. Think about this. Rocket League is the best soccer game ever made. No, that's Mega Man soccer. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, it feels something about like. Even though you're driving cars and like kicking the ball by driving into the ball with your car, it feels more like, as somebody who played soccer in my youth, it feels more like like a soccer game than you know most of those simulated you know FIFA and all these kind of things. Yeah, I, I tell the story all the time with Rocket League, which actually somebody at where I work at has just gotten back into Rocket League, so I'm, I'm tempted to do it myself. But I always tell people with Rocket League is. When that game first came out, I always felt like I was really, really good at that game, even though we all acted like five-year-olds playing soccer. Right? Nobody had strategy. Nobody just all six cars just going for the ball. And we felt like we were good. And then, you know, a couple of days later, people are learning, OK, have somebody back at goalie and stuff. So it was really fun to watch the the evolution of the way people figured out this game. Mm-hmm. And then I went down to RTX in Texas that year. And even got on the main stage and, and played Rocket League with a couple of the guys there and scored both the goals. I feel all badass. Man, I'm really good at this game. And I came back home and turned on the game and everyone was flying. It's like they had all figured it out in the week I was gone. Yep. And just the evolution of that game is so good. But yet, you can still play it with friends. I mean, you don't have to be super great to play it and still have a lot of fun. They've added a bunch of modes to it. It's fantastic. My question, because I haven't played well, this and game. It's e-sport. Well, not only that, too. I mean, we got to think about, okay, Minecraft is this huge behemoth, right? And so is Fortnite. But to get Sony, now obviously Sony is the one that helped Rocket League become pop in the first place, being on PS Plus. But to get Sony to join in with crossplay for a game like that, I think that's huge into yeah, but Yeah, but I, I, I think so, what know. what Randy said though is really the main point, which is yeah. that it's a game that's incredibly easy to pick up, yeah. but it has a huge skill ceiling. Mm-hmm. So it's like the like easy to play, tough to master. Thing. Right, it's, exactly, it's, it's very the same as understanding up. the strategy of soccer. Like, yeah. it's easy for you to pick up and play FIFA, but if you want to be really good at it at yeah. a harder difficulty, you got to understand the game, and if you understand yeah, the game, you can play it with cards. Randy, you had a- Randy, you had a question about another game before we kick yeah. you off. Yeah, that's okay. But real quick with Rocket League, the customization you can do with that car, too, is 
really great, really fun to unlock things and stuff. My question was, because I haven't played this game, and I know it made a list earlier, so I'm just going to ask the question. What's the difference between Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles X? Are they different games, or is yes. it an update? Well, one takes place in the future where Dr. Light has died. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're different games. Yes. Totally okay. different combat, different combat systems, different worlds. No, that's fine. I, I just had seen the name. I, I don't know anything about it, so I was just going to ask. Yeah. I, a, the, the other thing I would say about this list, like the, the list of top ten, I mean, I played it and I enjoyed it. I mean, I would actually seriously knock off Until Dawn and put Life is Strange on there instead. Uh, that's a that's not a bad argument actually. I mean, they're both they're both adventure games in their own way. Like, like Until Dawn uh, is going for the creepy, you know, creepy horror thing, and the choices are pretty interesting. And like, it looks great. Don't get me wrong. But I just like Life is Strange more. The like the atmosphere is cooler. I thought the story was better. Like the powers you got were interesting. Like the characters were better. Like <laughs> I, I'm not gonna throw a, a huge fit either way. I'm, I'm I loved Until Dawn a lot more. Yeah. Uh, the the side uh, character, your best friend or whatever in Life is Strange, I hated her. <laughs> it, it playing that game. So every decision I made was to to spite her. But you then didn't the save game her in the end. No, I no. Leave blind time. I had, that was the easiest decision ever. But the, my problem with Life is Strange and with a lot of these games in general, and I think I talked about it in the Walking Dead one a few episodes ago. Is, Too long? No, it's 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 a fake choice. They right, they give you choice options, but it still brings you back. Because every decision I had with her, I was completely against her. Yet. The next episode, we're buddy buddy and doing this. It's like I was I doing mean, everything I could to get her out of my life. Until Dawn changes quite a bit, just in who yeah. survives and who dies. So yeah, but that happens also in Life is Strange, like that. Your friend Kate, you know, she can you can either save her from jumping around the building or not. <laughs> so I haven't played Life is Strange. I can understand uh, and uh, Mark's argument for why it should be on the list because I know a lot of people who played it and loved it, but. Just looking at both those games from a presentation standpoint, Until Dawn is above and beyond. Life also, the voice actors they got to play for that. I mean, yeah, you got some voice really good ones problem. too. You know, they're digitized. It's mocap stuff, right? Right, but I mean, still, you're talking about uh, the what? Yeah, the, I mean, both games are acted well. That's that makes those games. If they're not acted yeah, well, they're still yeah. So I mean, we could drop Until Dawn certainly lower. And we want to make that case. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, what are we? Is that to me, I think removing. I think if we're dropping, I think if we're drop, we have we've dropped one. We dropped Fallout Four. If we want to drop another one for both Kerbal and Undertale, we have to drop probably either Xenoblade or Syndicate. Yes. I mean, I would be happy with dropping Syndicate, but the only game I would I would move up the list from the bottom one is Rise of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> I agree there. I feel like. I, it's a good evolution of Tomb Raider. It's a good game. It's well, it's much better, and it felt more focused in the, than the last one, for sure, and more confident. Don't get like Shadow of the Tomb Raider will not be on any of these lists. That's a bad game. But game. Rise, uh, Rise, I wouldn't is, say a bad game, it, just not as good as the other two. No, it's, it's bad. Good. It's good game. Uh, Rise is like the Empire Strikes Back of these Tomb Raider games. It's like the best one. Don't put it with Star Wars and and give us a bad name. <laughs> what about uh? It's weird because like I I've seen a lot of people defend Batman Arkham Knight all of a sudden. No, game. Those people are wrong. It's yeah. it's 
perfectly fine. Um, like especially once they fix so it. Like Arkham Knight, the shadow, the Tomb Raider of the other. But it's just not. I don't think it's as refined as Tomb Raider or any of the I other. I will games. agree that I like Rise of the Tomb Raider better than Assassin's Creed Syndicate, personally. All right, so if we drop Syndicate for Rise of the Tomb Raider, which one do we bump up, Kerbal or Undertale? Well, I would say Undertale because no one here likes you likes Kerbal. Oh, well, too bad Daniel's not here because he. I remember he's always supported Kerbal anytime we've had some kind of thing where it could be uh, on there. Also, so, I've never I've played Kerbal, but I love watching Kerbal. Like I've watched a lot of Let's Plays of Kerbal. Also, the problem with Kerbal, it's been out. It was like, yes, it came out this year, but it was released four years ago from. Like 2011 or whatever, like, well, like officially a, released 2015, mm-hmm. I guess. But well, yeah, I or whatever, because technically there's a lot of games that should have come out earlier. If that's the case, you know, that's the problem with doing early access. That puts them in totally different years, which changes the landscape of what they are at that time compared to when they actually come out. And so, uh, well, oh, okay, so we have our ten. At least, right? This is this is yeah. I, I think we got it's just moving up and down. Okay, so and I think there's a big difference between the top six, maybe other than un, until dawn and the bottom four. Like I can see un, until dawn dropping below Rocket League or Undertale, yeah. but the, those other five in the top six, I think, are untouchable. Bloodborne needs to move up. I agree with Bloodborne. That's the best Souls game. Yes. And also, was a, a, a game for a lot of people. Yeah, I know not everybody likes the blood. I love gothic horror, so I'm totally down with what Bloodborne is. But I know a lot of people dislike it immensely. So that's usually a not like a knock that people give it if they don't want to. Uh, Art style for a game is amazing, and the yeah. the kind of Lovecraftian enemy designs is. Yes. It's my favorite bosses and my favorite enemies, really. Well, themselves. I love the way it changes Dark Souls a little bit. Like I, I think I said earlier, it's you got to be a little bit more aggressive. You don't. You, it's not as easy to cheese, I think, as the other. Yeah, other it's things. faster, faster. Yeah, pace. it's faster. Um, it streamlines a lot of the Dark Souls, Dark Souls stuff. Um, so, you know, there's that as well. I think uh, obviously helps when you when you've had the the history that from software uh, has at that point but um i feel it's number three like it's like mgs5 witcher 3 and bloodborne are the top three and then we can argue about what order they're in but that that's where i, where I would I agree start. too you, if you're putting if you're putting that above or you're crazy and mario maker for that for that matter <laughs> i mean super mario maker was a, an amazing game in a way that two is not and I put a lot of time into it. I mean, I made a bunch of levels at the time. I was way into the maker part of it. And even even without the maker part, it's a great Mario game, and it's a great like just playing yeah. people's levels was great. But I do I just still think Bloodborne's a better game. <laughs> yeah, well, of course you do. And, and has from, and has that, better of legacy st- of that stupid game genre. Like, <laughs> I would say I, I'm a huge opponent of Ori in the Blind Forest, so. I'm with Mark at, like, moving it to me from three is... Alright. How about Ori at three, Bloodborne at four? Alright, so where do you land on this, Randy? Uh, I'm with a lot of people where, like, the From Software games are just not my cup of tea. I've given Bloodborne a shot, and I will agree, it, like, graphically is stunning. I like the art style of it. 
uh, I don't think I've ever beat the first boss because it, <laughs> it just kicks the yeah, crap it, it, out of me. It, it's a great game until you play it, and then you're like, Wait, no, I, I, I always enjoy it. It's just really, I mean, it's it's really hard, and I just haven't like figured out the system as well. It's the same kind of things with some of these harder, like Super Meat Boy. It, it's very hard for some people. I I get it. So I understand why people get, get down with these from software games. And like, if we're talking about like Dark Souls being more samey and stuff, Bloodborne was a lot different than Dark Souls. So I agree. So I, again, I love Ori. Those are my kind of games, like Metroidvania games, 2D platformer games. That that's my genre that that I go into. So I have has... a bigger love for Ori than Bloodborne. But Bloodborne being four, I have no problem with. All right, so Bloodborne at four. Yeah, because like Ori is just—it's such a beautiful game to look at. It's such—I don't know how many times I died trying to look at the the scenery that I was about to go through, and it—it's uh, a challenging platformer on its own, um, and it's masked by these cutesy characters that don't really say much and then uh you also have just a like beautiful like just emotional story as well it's just it's all packaged in this game that i think kind of came out of nowhere and uh, i just love it for that just, i'm so excited for that second game i'm with you well so how do we all feel about this list this list is looking pretty good <sighs> to me man okay here's my thing with like i feel like i don't am i the only one that's gonna say maybe witcher 3 at number one no, actually, I agree. No, no. Leon and Kate would say that, too. Yeah, I mean, it's a better story. It's a better game overall. I know it's, that systemically... MGS4 has... I mean, 5 has amazing systems, but I do think the... Well, I haven't actually finished it, but from what I hear, the story fizzles out, and it's kind of unfinished. <laughs> 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 it's kind of just said, As oh, peace out. Three, which like, has, like, two-month stories, so you get bored halfway through. No, you're, uh, that's your problem, man. Witcher well, 3... Content in Witcher 3 is totally bespoke and totally compelling. Well, like the like the six missions it takes you to find Dandelion. I that dude, was great. You're, you're not gonna you're not gonna get anywhere with me with these kind of arguments. Because they're accurate, correct? <laughs> no, I, I've never played Witcher 3. All I've heard is that it's a wonderful card game. Is that right? Oh, <laughs> I, I actually Gwent, not like Witcher. No? <laughs> but no, honestly, again. I, I'm the big Kojima fan, probably, of this group. Uh, I have no problem moving MGS5 down because it wasn't finished. Yeah, like, yeah, I love the system of it. I love that it was a bigger version of uh, Peace Walker and kind of used a lot of those systems and put it on the big console. And some of the missions were fantastic. Some of the characters were very Kojima-like and way over the top. But that game fizzles out quick. So I have no problem with Witcher 3 going. Yeah, I mean, Witcher 3 was really... And, and Witcher 3, in fact, kind of the later you get in the game, the better it gets. Well, like, there's some, I mean, there's some stuff that stands out early on, like Bloody for... Baron. But, like, the DLC in Witcher 3, like, once you're, like, in your 150th hour of that game, and you you own a winery, and you're doing, you're doing all that stuff, like, that game is so great. That'll be rainy in two weeks. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I mean, to be, that was a game that, like, I played that over the course of the year. Like, it took me a whole year to beat Witcher 3. I had to put it down now and then. I kind of played it on and off. But, you know, it it is one of the most memorable and epic gaming experiences of my life. See, I think both these games illustrate 
later, like later Ubisoft games, they get way too big and way too grandiose, and I just lose interest in both of them. Yeah, that's okay. what I said. Here's it, the complete, it, it, it sets the stage for Assassin's Creed changing. As Odyssey and Origins completely try to be Witcher 3. Here's and the it game. hurts it. Ubisoft and, games, lots and lots of copy-paste. Like, there's so much repetition. You're doing the same mission. To, you, you, like, there's... I don't feel like there's enough variety to sustain the bloat of Ubisoft open world games. Witcher 3, there is always like every little building, every corner of the world you go into, there is something like neat there that is custom that like somebody that but somebody spent time on. Uh, it's all in the face man. of doing the same three or four things. Hunt, you know, hunting a monster or clearing out these bandits. But the, the monsters are like there's totally different ways of dealing with like fighting a fighting a white is totally different than fighting a werewolf and you have to like prep for it and have different strategies and like get to know your herbs it's and almost your like monster hunter in a way you know. yeah like there, there's like there's so much depth it, it is and it's like the accessible because i don't i find monster hunter to be completely inaccessible uh but like witcher 3 hits that sweet spot for me where it's like the right level and, and it's not as because Witcher 2 was fairly unforgiving and, and the crafting was not as good, but like Witcher 3, they really... They See, really I finished... Tell, I finished Witcher 2. I didn't Witcher finish 2 also Witcher, a terrible map. Witcher, I didn't finish Witcher 3, and I spent the same amount of time in both. Like, I spent about 40 hours, or 23 hours in Witcher, Witcher 2, and in Witcher 3, I spent about 30. I mean, yeah, there's way more game in Witcher 3, but that's, yeah, but it's that's all good. It's No, all it's good. not. I spent 42 hours in Witcher 3. Okay. And I, well, and I and I got bored when I had to keep trying to find dandelion. I mean, that was a long quest line, but like everything, okay, maybe the middle like, of the okay, game yeah, is like a little the, baggy, the, but the bloody baron is a great quest line. I yes. mean, sure, but it's so it peaks so early, and then you have another eighty hours until you connect until you find Siri and something else happens. But that that uh, all this all the late game stuff with Siri and Yennefer, there are so many memorable things. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to blow through hundred hours wait, just wait to wait waiting until the game gets good. Yeah, again. that's kind of that's unfair to say that somebody should wait much longer. <laughs> okay, yeah, actually, I'm saying it's all good, and if you you know you one you get to care so much about these characters. That like it pulls you through even when, even the quests that you don't like, you've got to admit that like it's always unique locations. There's you know unique characters, unique dialogue, like everything about it. Like there is not, there is no, um, there's no bloat. No, no, uh, we're just making this stuff to fill time or to fill content. That is you know, exactly what most of The Witcher Three is. It is not. Like it's- compare. Compared to like an Ubisoft game or or a, a wannabe Ubisoft game, where where it's just okay, you can do these outposts or you can do you know all this stuff that's basically that's basically copy paste content. Also, the Witcher Three upgrade system was bad. Mm. <laughs> the muted mm-hmm. crap. Like you had you, you got skill points and you just had nothing. To, you couldn't spend them. The mutagen. Uh, there there is some. You're right. I mean, there is mutagens that that I never used, but there's also mutagens that were extremely useful. So it's just kind of a matter of figuring out which ones are going to be of A to you based on your playstyle. But anyway, uh, it sounds like everybody but Mark agrees on the top two here. Once again, I'm the, I'm the lone one who's correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but okay, you're saying Metal Gear Solid 5 is also not number one, so... But Metal Gear Solid, no, I mean, Metal Gear Solid 5 also has bloat. So if you're going to go by bloat... No, I mean, yes. Metal Gear right, Solid perfect. 5 should have ended like 
first chapter ending, essentially, before they screw you over and go, hey, do all the missions again. Yeah. I have a solution. We move them both down, or it can be one. It's cool. Uh, no. <laughs> I tried. I tried, Sean. So, but, what I mean, are you saying is number one, then? No, I would say, I would still say Metal Gear Solid Five. Like, it has a lot of, it has a lot of problems, but none of them, none of them are as structural as Witcher 3, just getting completely boring halfway through. That's crazy talk. It, it, Metal Gear Solid takes, it's, it's at least 75% boring. That, that's how long it takes to get bored by that game. <laughs> so, we're quantifying... Like, if you want to have Witcher 3, that's fine. How quickly but, it takes to get boring? Well, it's how expansive these games got, and they, they just, they, none of them can support it, can support their own weight. Like, Syndicate almost has this problem as well. It's not as bad as the later no. Assassin's Creed games, where, like, I finished, I think I finished Origins, and I didn't vin- visit half the map I could have. I mean, by the time I finished Syndicate, I definitely was like, alright, I'm done with this. Like, I don't want to put another minute into this thing. Right. But again, Syndicate has way more repetition, and Metal Solid Five has way more repetition than Witcher Three. Witcher like 3. Witcher Three, like sure, you're doing the same, you're doing the same basic tasks all the time. You're doing Witcher things, but like at the end of each quest, like each little quest line, there are so many great ones. Like what about the one yeah, where, where they, they, they they tell you to put that ghost to rest, and if you decide to free the ghost, he goes and, and like murders the family who hired you. There like there's so many imaginative ways that you can fuck up. Like yes, each quest has like three or four different outcomes. Line, but there are also a lot of bloat where it's just like, hey, go hunt this monster. No, you know, but, you visit the uh, town, uh, ma- you know, the uh, outpost or the signpost. Yeah, says, hey, here are nine quests to do. It's like, dude, okay, I'll go do these, and then okay, none that's of them a problem for almost any open world game. I mean, yeah, they're like there are at least two different outcomes, usually three, to each quest, depending on what you do. Like this is a game. Even tiny little side mission will give you choices that have an impact on the world. It's either stab monster or play Gwent against the monster. That's about it. <laughs> that is absolutely not true. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Okay. Okay. You have, so you can sometimes you can the goblin. monster. Sometimes yeah. you know, sometimes you can kill the person who hired you. There's all these. You know, it's a witch. You know, it, I don't know what you want. I don't know what, what anybody I, could want out of that game more than what it gave you. I mean, it gives I, you so much, so much variety, so much story. So it, It's easy. It's Witcher 2 was a much more concise and focused game. I liked that more. Witcher 2 is a way more unfocused story than 3. Yeah. Like, story in 2 is all over the place. No, it... The story in 2, like, it changes based on, you know, whatever choice you made in the beginning. Of course, but... but you can finish Witcher 2 in, like, 30 hours or 20 if you just really want to play through it. Okay. This is, you can't do that with Witcher 3 at all. Circles. We're going in circles, Mark. Yeah. Let's just leave them where they are. Okay. So, uh, one thing I will say, probably move Rise of the Tomb Raider up one. You can move Xenoblade down. Yeah. Sure. And then you leave it. Uh, all right. So, there's the list. Game of the year for 2015, as it was for many people's, even though it was a fight between that and Metal Solid 5 for a lot of people with that, and, and Bloodborne. Uh, Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, number one. Metal Gear Solid 5, uh, Phantom Pain, number two. Ori and the Blind Force at three. Metal Bloodborne at four. Super Mario Maker at five. Rocket League, six. Undertale, seven. 
Rise of the Tomb Raider, 8. Xenoblade Chronicles X is 9. And Until Dawn is at number 10. So, there you go. Uh, there's your top 10 for 2015. And that'll be it for this set of games of the decade. Right now, the other three, or the other four, actually, for those, the four years remaining, are all set for Tuesday morning is when you'll see them. So, uh, yeah, that's, we'll, hopefully we'll be done with almost the entirety of part one of what we're trying to do here uh, by Tuesday morning. When we do 2016 through 2019, probably 2018 and 2019 will we just be done together on one show because I don't think we're going to be changing too much about 2019 since we just did it. Uh, so, and then, yeah, then we'll just have that influentials episode and we'll be talking about our making the top 100, which will be even more difficult than what we're doing right now. So, um, yeah. If you liked everything you heard here, all the all the arguments and the fun, you can uh, go back and listen to all the other ones that we've done already. And hopefully you'll stick around and be back for uh, the rest of them we still have to do. And, of course, uh, you can hit subscribe on any of the podcasting services that are out there. Uh, you can go give us a review if you'd like as well. That That helps immensely. And check out WTMNet.com and uh, Last Word on Life as well for having us on there. And uh, for all these guys, we'll see you in a few days for more of this. And see you later.